Hello and good evening, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, the podcast where we talk about pop culture things that we enjoy and sometimes don't enjoy. My name is John. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I find that comment about uh, pop culture things we enjoy and don't uh, very foreshadowing potentially for this evening um, well, we try <laughs> things that we're interested in you know yes um at least at least one of us and then um hopefully we like them yeah yeah obviously you know it's it's always a coin toss on uh what you're gonna like and don't or what you expect to like and then don't um so yeah so we'll see if that comment does indeed portend you know some negative things ahead for some of the the shows <laughs> that we're discussing this week I'm never negative on this show. I, don't know <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, we got uh, in store for everyone later some news relating to gaming stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to break down um, Promised Neverland Season 2. Mm -hmm. um, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 3. So... We've got a, a variety pack for everybody tonight. If you um, first bits of the show will be spoiler free. And then as we get on later, um, there'll be spoilers for Promised Neverland and Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, set to mute it for a bit if you don't want to hear about Promised Neverland or um, if you're listening to this on demand, you know, skip over it, whatever that kind of thing. So um, anyways... It's a 55th episode. It's a mm -hmm. nice number. Um, but this week, what have you been up to? Well, this week has been fairly busy, uh, you know, between still caring for a child that I'm still getting still? used to. <laughs> still doing that, oh. man. Oh, okay. I thought I'd be done by now. Um, she's she's a month already, you know. Shouldn't she be fine? She's, yeah. you know, she's got this by now. Um but then also uh, Chris's birthday was this weekend, so I was trying to squeeze in some birthday plans for the new dad, yeah. you know, that didn't just involve him, you know, staying up and changing dirty diapers and, you know, mm -hmm. bottle feeding and whatnot. So, yeah, so it was fun. I, uh, I arranged a little um, breakfast cereal and mimosa bar for him yeah. on uh, Sunday, and we watched cartoons, kind of, you know, a little throwback to you know, childhood with Saturday morning cartoons. Um, so that was pretty fun. And then we went out and uh, went to some batting cages to get ready for softball season, which is coming up. Um, even even though Minnesota tried to stop it with that silly snowfall yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't stop it. Spring is here. So we're, we're ready to get outside and play some sports. Um, so we did that. We watched the Masters. Um, we grilled steaks and I made carrot cake for for dinner. So, yeah, it was a good time. It was, I think a like good a summer event. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good. Nice. So, how how about you? I know you also had a birthday yesterday. So, what were your big birthday plans made yeah, by either well, you or your wife? Yeah, well, I was gonna say quick that uh, your the idea of um, other than changing dirty diapers, you should just like put a bow on the diaper, you know, like, <laughs> next time he goes to change. Oh, it's a gift you can open. That's perfect. There it is your I, birthday present. 
I did put a bow on our baby and did say that, you know, here's here's okay. your birthday gift this year. Nice. But I should I should have so done the, the diaper. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I um sometimes kind of sp spread this stuff out and we're not very good at like waiting to give each other our gifts and stuff sometimes. So mm -hmm. um Ashley's kind of given me gifts as they arrive, like the stuff she's got me. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll show and tell for the audience. Excellent. So the first one that came in, it's kind of interesting. I don't, I try not to do very much on Twitter. Um, I guess too much, but, um, the, I was watching these videos, these, um, making up videos for the game control that I reviewed on here a while back. Right. And, um, I loved hearing from like the audio designer and engineer and stuff. And that's where I learned about Aztec death whistles. Oh my and gosh. Okay. Explain this. I have never heard these, of this. Yeah. He uses them in the game for sounds all the time. And like when they play it, it's like, Oh, it's really cool. How it's blended in there. So basically you can get them all different to like sizes and shapes and whatever. Okay. And, um, they would use them to, you know, and like a horde, like blow into them. They kind of make a screaming sort of sound to scare their enemies. Awesome. So, yeah. Okay. Can can you uh, demonstrate very quickly? You know, I'm worried about how it will sound. <laughs> Alan, Come on. Is that gonna blow someone's ears out? Like, is it? Are you, you got enough like uh, clipping? Yeah. On here? Or you could always back up a little bit and and you know try it from a little bit of a distance first. But I, I want to hear this bad boy. Yeah, I would yeah. Okay, I'll definitely back up. <laughs> I want to hear this. Nope, can't hear it. Nope, come forward. Wow, my noise. I gotta turn my noise canceling off or something. <laughs> no. Really? Wow. Really? Okay. All right. I'm gonna turn that off, um, <laughs> and then I'll back up again. Uh, I, this would be hilarious if we could actually hear it. I'd be trolling you so badly right now, but yeah. but we really can't. <laughs> ah, okay, I heard that. <laughs> oh my god, yes. You yeah. can definitely hear that. That's terrifying. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, so if you imagine there are like hundreds of them, you know, coming at you, you can't see your enemy yet or something like that. They're <laughs> in the jungle and... I mean, and they, they sound different. Like there's varying levels of, it sounds like a scream or, you know, sounds okay. like a strong band or, you know, whatever. So, but this is from Mexico. Um, Ashley ordered it and that I is guess very they're cool. a delicate process in making. There is this kind of ball in there that, um, of, of the clay that, um, is easily broken. So, okay. So that's one. The other thing, I'm going to leave the noise canceling off for a little bit too, I guess, on uh, this one. Um, <laughs> so this is a kalimba. Uh, yeah. Kalimba. And uh, very cool. So, yeah, um, there's this musician we listen to that uh, um, plays all kinds of instruments, but this is one that we hadn't really heard of. And there's some Nordic. Um, oh, yeah, there we go. Back. 
yeah. So, so hopefully cool. it didn't wreck anyone's ears. Turn the noise cancellation <laughs> back on. Hopefully that. Uh, You're gonna have to uh, just for fun one time, like write us write us a different opening using only those two instruments. Yeah. <laughs> see what you come up with. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> It's okay, I'll give you some time to think about it. Yeah. It's not like those two naturally go together, but dang, mm. that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. So it was, it was cool anyways, and I, too, I had, like, um, just happened to write something about control on Twitter. And right. this guy that I actually saw, learned about these from, liked it or whatever. Oh, cool. So I realized, oh, that's him, okay. And so I kind of thanked him for having introduced me to this device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, anyways, things stuff we've done. Uh, we hung out and played board games, uh, mm -hmm. our favorite PC game, quite a bit. She had pizza ordered in from uh, New York. Um, cool. Eat, and um, and then we went to the Wild Wings with my parents, and and then I think something with her parents this weekend, but I I don't know for sure. Okay. Just stuff in the calendar. Sure. Uh, but I was originally, you know, figured I'd be working if the weather was nicer. So sure. we kind of had planned stuff like, or she did on the, for the weekend. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So the, uh, yes, the snow also affected you then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, <laughs> been cold and then a bit of the rain and yeah. And mm -hmm. then you know, it's just, it's not. Not ideal. Weird. No. So, but yeah. Yeah. And then the breakfast. That she made for me, which was a Japanese style breakfast. It's cool. corn cakes and miso soup. So very good. Nice. It kind of sounds like you've got a whole like birthday month almost going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling yeah, along between see, gifts we, and <laughs> Yeah. We have to do like a birthday week, you know, it ends up getting spread out, you know. And sometimes you don't always get to do an event with with everybody or something like that. And something yep. is broken up and yeah, gifts arrive at different times. So yeah. Well, very fun. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, anything else or just you've had a busy baby making cake and. Yep. Going to the batting cages. That was that was like kind of the only thing I've done outside of, you know, like going outside my house not for doctor's appointments or dentist appointments or going grocery shopping. It was like the, the only thing I've done that's, you know, totally, totally for pleasure and not, uh, didn't have any utilitarian purpose. So how was, was nice. um, how was the batting cages? Like, uh, did you show Chris who's boss? <laughs> uh, more like, uh, the bat showed me who's boss. Um, I have not swung a bat in a long time and it clearly showed um because my arms were so so tired afterwards and I had I had like arthritis grip like my hand clawed up because I was gripping the bat so hard so I came home and it was still kind of like in this shape and I was like my god my 30 or 80 <laughs> like um but it, it was fun it was uh I'd never really been to like indoor batting cages before yeah. um and it was kind of like old school. You like bought tokens and you like put them in the slot and then like the pitching machine started and they had a couple different cages and you just like rotated turns with people who were there. So you like 
stood in line and then went to the back of the line until it was your turn to go again. Um, so it was fun. It was very busy. There were a lot of people there, which I was not anticipating on like a random Sunday. Too, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty popular. So it was fun. Chris enjoyed it. Um, at least I hope he did anyway. <laughs> so, and I, I had fun. Nice. Yeah, I remember the first time I picked up a bat in a while. I had been just golfing, and so I oh. grabbed it, like golf club, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, finger. Chris occasionally has that problem when he, uh, you know, plays softball in the spring. Like he'll he'll go golfing one day, and then like we'll, we'll have a game at night, and he picks up a bat, and he's like, "What am I even doing? Like how do you know?" It takes him a minute yeah. to remember how to hold it. So yeah. it's pretty funny. Um, well, that's, that's our weeks. I'm, I will say, uh, oh yeah, I had D and D, um, and so I made bread, made my sourdough for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it turned out pretty well. Um, and one of the people playing D and D with us and did indeed also back up your statement that making bread and particularly sourdough is like was like the thing yes oh yes whatever Whatever. (laughs) it's okay you're well you're not doing it at like the height of its popularity so you know you're different you're you're still unique (laughs) (laughs) that's what i need um so yeah that was good and ashley made a bunch of uh other stuff made a chili and stuff so yeah, that's nice. good. We basically had like a five-hour singular battle in D and D. Holy cow! It was yeah, it was a big one. So, um, and then I have these new headphones. Yeah, um, looking very old school. Would have done uh, an unboxing, I suppose, but you know, <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep them yet, just because they're so expensive. But they okay. do sound really good. Were they also a birthday present or just something you wanted for yourself? Uh, yeah, birthday present to myself, <laughs> I guess. Hey, Technically, I... treat yourself. Yeah. If I've learned anything. Well, I don't know mm-hmm. if I need to treat myself this much. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, what kind of headphones are they? Bang & Olsen. And the oh, Bang & wow. Bayo Play Portal headphones. Okay. And so they did a limited, um, doing limited, like, in partnership with Xbox mm-hmm. line of um, accessories. Uh, so Microsoft is partnering with different vendors to do whatever. So these natively connect with lossless audio to an Xbox. Oh, so okay. that's kind of thing. There's a button on it that separates it from the other versions of this headset. And um, then you can open the app on your phone and control how much it noise cancels or what, um, um, how you want to adjust your um, sound settings and um, all that kind of thing. And then in game, it's nice because you can you can adjust it between louder voice chat or louder mm-hmm. game sounds um, on wow. it. So um, yeah, they're nice. They're they're pretty comfortable. Um, they I think are pretty nice looking, and they sound very good. I was comparing between. Uh, like five different headphones last night, back and forth, switching the plug back and forth and listening to the same song over and over. So 
So did you, were you comparing your own headphones or were you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got a regular. Where did these come out in the ranking? Oh, these are the best. Okay. Um, All right. But my other ones, I have AKGs that are, were only like $50 and Mm -hmm. they sound really good, particularly for the money. They, Mm -hmm. um, and they're more comfortable than these. Okay. So yeah, definitely longer. It's funny how that works sometimes. Like, you know, you can buy these like amazing products and suddenly something for like, you know, 20, 40, $50. And you're just like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) you know, these are cheap, but somebody somehow got some quality in there. Yep. But the spatial placement of everything Mm -hmm. for a game is very good here. And, um, really the only difference sound wise when listening to music between the AKGs and this is this just does have a richer base to it. Um, it's like, as you go up in quality, everything just feels more full. For yes. the, the, mm-hmm. And so these just feel a little more full than them. Um, part of that could be due to these being closed back and the other ones being like semi open back. So sure. I don't know. I've got a couple of days. I got a few days yet to decide. So <laughs> I figured I'd, I'd put them through their paces. Sure. Sure. Well, if you don't like them, I mean, we could go trade these. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I got like a dozen of those lying around somewhere. Why are That's you laughing, Italian. John? <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Um, drinks. Drink anything fun today. Indeed, I am drinking today. Um, it is Wednesday, so for me it is Wine Wednesday. Um, I've got a Malbec here, something new to oh. try um, in honor yeah. of the upcoming World Malbec Day on nice. April 17th. Um, so that's upcoming. And then last Friday was G&T Day, the okay. classic gin and tonic, which we talked about, I think, last episode a little bit. So yeah. Very different, um, but two also of my favorite drinks. I'm, I'm a wine drinker in kind of general. Um, and then gin and tonic is one of my favorite cocktails. So good week. Have you had or experimented with the idea that of um, like all natural wines mm-hmm. giving you a less, lesser of a headache? Do you find that true? Um. Haven't tried enough I, to say I, you know, for certain either way. Um, but certainly the one that I did try, I, I woke up and felt fantastic, but I've also woke up and felt fantastic after just normal wine too. So, yeah, for me, it's not so much like after I sleep or anything like that. It's just literally, you know, an hour or so after oh, really? having a, a glass or two of usually a red wine. Okay. It's just really common for me to have a headache and it's kind of unpleasant. Sure. It's, uh, it's honestly for me, if I, if I wake up with a wine, it's, if I get a wine headache, it's one I wake up with. It's not one I okay. have that night. Okay. Um, cause for me, it always takes like a little bit of time between and yeah, unless I've been, you know, drinking wine like early in the day and then I pause in the afternoon and then it hits me in the evening, you know, right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, what have you got for us? Yeah, Speaking nothing super exciting. I have uh, a Waritos pineapple 
Mexican ah, Fun. Maybe. Well, it doesn't need a focus. Oh, there, there it, it is. There it is. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm pregnant now, so. Okay. <laughs> so we've just switched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Boy, you'd, oh, you'd be in the good. news if that was the case. <laughs> we'd be, we'd be leading. Secret. We'd be leading the show off with that. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know that—that's what our podcast needs. That's Something right. Like that, right? It'd be a, that'd be a pretty big draw, I think. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people would flock to this podcast to find out the experiences and the trials of a uh, first pregnant guy ever. Yep, <laughs> I have to like keep gaining weight so I can show off my belly. That's right. But it had to be a beer belly, you know. So it just really is. Yeah. Con- it's just the belly, you know. I was gonna say it'd have to be very specific if you could just yeah. direct all of your weight. <laughs> yeah, if I could just do that, I think I'd put it <laughs> in my feet or something. I don't know. Yeah, certainly, certainly not your waist, certainly yeah. not your stomach. Yep. Um, I see that um, you didn't mention, but you had in the list. Um, and while we're talking about like weights and waistline, it it, it triggered that for me. I guess is okay. The, re- watching early Real Housewives of New York. Yes. Uh, yes. So, I mean, to test our audience and see if they can stick around for the, <laughs> the news here. How was Real Housewives of New York? And um, um it's stuff. it's been fun. So I I've watched it because you know when I'm taking care of the baby, I can't always watch things that I can focus on, but I like to have some background noise and, um, you know, gotta, gotta get her in that real housewives club real early. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) introduce her to the finer things in life. Um, but yeah, so I, I turned on New York because of course this year I watched, um, that franchise for the first time, you know, season 12, um, or season, yeah, season 12. Um, so I just thought like, oh, like, why not go back and, and kind of, you know, take a look at, you know, the early years and see if I still, you know, find it compelling or if it could shed some light on, you know, me watching this year. And I have to say, I love it because the production quality early on is so awful. It's so exactly. 90s and terrible. And they have all these like little text cards on the screen. Um God, the style of the housewives is so 90s and terrible. There's animal print everywhere. <laughs> um, and uh, they've got like, you know, like the classic 90s, 2000 trends of like showing your bra straps or like, you know, the low rise jeans or wearing jeans with heels and like these tight fitting tank tops and stuff. It's oh God, it's hilarious in a way that I know the show doesn't mean to be, but of course, like looking back on it from this time period, it's great. Well, and is it interesting? Like when the, when they started all the older ones, anyways, Mm -hmm. it was a, like a conceit about it because you'd have, I'm sure the prop, the proposal was, Hey, we want to find well to do, you know, wealthy housewives in certain areas. And, and so then, Often the shows they begin and they're all like, "Look at all the things I have. Yes. Here are my many pools." And it's very like on the nose. Here's yes. my wealth kind of yes. thing. And I feel like as things moved on, it's just more of a, 
let's just see your life a little bit. And yeah. obviously that comes with seeing how much wealth you have or whatever, but it's just less like yeah. on a platter. Kind it's of more thing. background. Yeah. It's yeah. more like they show the things, but they, they don't like, look at my $16,000 bag that, you know, so-and-so got for my birthday. And if a housewife does that now, it kind of stands out and sometimes yes. you get called out for it. Yes. So. Whereas, whereas like I noticed in the first season in particular of New York, um, they, the housewives would bring something on screen or they'd get into a car or they'd, you know, go into their home and like a little note card would pop up and be like, rent of a townhouse of this size is like $2 million a year. Mm -hmm. Or like this car retails for $55,000. And I was like, wow. That must be like an added, like a added thing. Right. I mean, it, you know, like I have now no idea. Can, huh? I, I have no idea because obviously, digital. yeah, I obviously, you know, never watched it, you know, air live. So I would have no yeah. clue. But yeah, I don't know if Hulu did that or Bravo decided to go back and do that or if that was indeed, you know, the original part. Because like I said, it just happened in the first season. Yeah. But I remember watching that going, yikes, <laughs> this is like really crass for yeah. something that's, you know, supposedly following these elegant, refined women. It's like, <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> Let yeah. me just, you know, break it down how much their life costs. Mm -hmm. So it's been fun though. Um and I, I realized that uh, um, the only two characters or cast cast members, I should say, um, that are original, that are still around, are Ramona and Luann. And uh, it was fun to go back and watch Ramona to realize, like, nope, I pretty much have always not liked Ramona. That's okay. <laughs> like, it's not just a season 12 thing. She didn't develop this way. This is Ramona. <laughs> So yeah, one yeah, I'm usually usually I usually come down on the other side of things from wherever she is. She's just very self-absorbed. She's a lot, you know, and it's just uh, yeah. yeah. She has some fun moments and you know some like ridiculous oh, yeah. things and whatnot, and you know I can I can tolerate her sometimes, but yeah, it's just good to to see you know from season one on. I mean, mm -hmm. she's, she's just her. Yeah. I think in there, you know, uh, I, Luann is always back and forth, but sometimes yes. like Luann sober now yes. is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I like Luann. Um, so for the most part, like she has her breakdowns once in a while or something, but she's pretty good. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's Beth. got their moments. Oh, I yeah. do too. I already miss her. Yeah. I'm like barely, you know, barely past her. And I, I really enjoyed her. So, um, I know she comes back for a middle stretch of seasons that I'm, I'm looking forward to her return because mm -hmm. she's fun. She's just very no nonsense. And I, mm -hmm. I get her. So. Yep. Yep. Well, I look forward to the new season. We'll see how yes. it goes. Yes. Um, Sam. another, another new housewife. Cause, uh, yep. Couple uh, left the show. Uh, Teddy and um, that's that's a uh, that's a uh, Beverly Hills. Oh yeah. Uh, Dorinda left the show, and somebody oh. else, I, which I'm very sad about. I like Dorinda. I mean, well, she got Tinsley's a little much. Gone. Tinsley, yes. Yeah. Um, although I think uh, I think she has already broken up with Scott yes. in Chicago, so we'll see if she she makes her yes. way back. <laughs> I did hear that. 
Yeah. I mean, I could have, I could have bet and won oh, God. money on that. Yeah. Who couldn't? I mean, I've watched the show for exactly one season, and I could have predicted that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poor girl. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I guess that's good with Dorinda. I didn't even realize that. I saw the pic promo picture the other day or something of the cast, but I didn't mm -hmm. uh, even connect that she was gone. But yeah, she needs some time off. I think. Yeah, sure. I I like her, but she needed a beat. She got she got a little intense. She got a little angry. Yep. So. Well, speaking of intense and angry. Yeah. New movie coming up, right? That's right. Coming up in June, June twenty fifth, I believe. Um, so not too far away. Um, we got a new trailer drop today for the Fast and the Furious Nine. Um, and we got a little bit of information about it, um, that this apparently is going to be the first in what director Justin Lin is calling a trilogy, um, to end the series. So nine, 10 and 11 are going to be, um, I, I believe there's going to be some sort of through storyline that connects the three, you know, just, just more than like simply being part of the franchise, um, so this is going to be what what uh, Justin Lin calls his concluding trilogy for the series. Um, it was originally supposed to end after 10 and Lin convinced producers to give him one more, um, which normally I would be happy about because, you know me, I love the Fast and Furious franchise. I love the characters. I love the people, love The Rock, even though he's not in this one. Um, but I watched the trailer and I watched it with that sense of, you know, when you, when you love something a lot and then suddenly it turns and it disappoints you in some way mm -hmm. and you're, and you, and you get to the point where you're like, oh no, like, I think I might hate this now. And that's kind of where I am. And I'm really disappointed about it because Fast and Furious has, has, I mean, in kind of its second half of its series, it's been ridiculous. Like the right. first, the first couple of, of films were, you know, um, a lot, but they were believable. They were about street racing and, you know, like this group of people, yeah. you know, just stealing audio equipment. Sure. This is believable. And then in, you know, the second half of the franchise, they're going up against like CIA agents. They're taking down airplanes and tanks and jumping across bridges and, it's ridiculous, but yeah. this, this finally might be too far for me. Um, not only are they putting cars, uh, they're, they're having cars be part of airplanes and like drive up to airplanes and connect to them. They're, they're doing this sort of like hybrid space car vehicle thing that, that, uh, ludicrous and, um, Tyrese Gibson's characters are flying around in, but now they're, they're also doing one of the things that I despise the most in any sort of media, which is introducing a new character and shoehorning them in as if they were always there. So okay. in, the, so to get a teeny bit spoilery, although not really because the trailer introduces this right away, John Cena's character is going to be joining the cast as um, uh, Dominic Toretto's brother, um, Vin Diesel's brother. And mm. it's like, 
I'm I'm sorry. He's he's now the brother of you know two of the main characters, and we've never heard about him before. They've never referenced having another brother. You know, they've never talked about why their brother is missing or why they never talk about it. You know, nobody's asked about this. And I hate that kind of stuff. You know, when they, they try to introduce a new character and give them like emotional depth by connecting them to one of the main characters. But you're like, no, because we've never heard about this character before. And it's not like they just, you know, got sent away at the age of two you know, they right. would have grown up at least a little bit with them. So, yeah, I'm I'm highly disappointed in this whole, like, you know, Vin Diesel has a brother storyline uh, because it, it undermines his whole concept, which, um, you know, the core of his character is about family. And suddenly oh, he's got yeah. he's got a brother he's never spoken to or he's cut off somehow. He made his sister not talk to his other brother like. That just that doesn't even seem realistic for me. Um, and I call it in my notes, I called it the Buffy effect um, because it's it's very related to one of my favorite shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where suddenly in the fifth season, they introduce the fact that she has had a sister. And we're like, as the viewers, you're you're left going, wait, what? There's a sister? And it, and it sort of gets revealed later on that this is like a fake thing. Um, it's a plant. But Spoilers we have to go through for Buffy. I know, I know. Oh Spoilers gosh. for the 2000s, <laughs> the year 2000s. Um, but yeah, so it's it, but it takes us a whole season to get to the fact that Buffy's sister is a fake. Um, so you have to live a whole season of being like, why is this character suddenly shoehorned in here? Um, and it and it made her one of the most hated characters. I think, um, I think like Entertainment Weekly did a poll one time of the most hated TV characters of all time. And she was either number one or number two wow. because of that reason. And now now I'm hating to see another one of my favorite franchises um, go through this and, and do this kind of thing. Wow. So that's that's my that's my rant. Normally, it's you, John. I'm taking it over for the day because yeah. I just I just can't I'm stand it. <laughs> I I watched the I watched the trailer that you yeah. posted there. Yeah. It looks, uh, looks crazy. Um, I didn't know that uh, Cena wasn't in there before. Yeah, he's um, never been in there. I was saying in this thing in this picture though, he looks a little like they ever everybody looking a little funny in this picture. Uh yeah, John Cena. I was thinking about this as I was looking at him. He looks like a weird cross between like the human version of the Grinch and a version of himself that's like 10 years older than he actually is. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen him in some commercials and he's looking real good. And then here is just like really... Wrinkled. Put, trying to get all the wrinkles going on his face. Yeah. Got some under eye circles, got some sharp angles to his face. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. working. But and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm just disappointed. Um well, a little Ron Perlman too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately I don't mean that in a good way. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it will maybe it'll still blow your socks off. Maybe it'll still be awesome. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not gonna see it because right. I am, but I may I may sit through it and just hate it the entire way. Mm -hmm. I may I, I may have to hate watch. So many, like 
get, they might as well just make it like James Bond films at this point. I know, I know. Like, just keep going forever. Well, and it's hilarious to me to think like they were ready to end after ten of them, and Justin Lin was like, no, 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 no. I need to conclude with <laughs> a trilogy. I need one more. And some studio exec was like, sure, green light that. <laughs> I mean, they all make money, don't they? I mean, I they think that, d- they do. That, like there was a slumper slump early on, huh? But the last few, I think, have done pretty well. Yeah, two, two and three did pretty terribly, and then yeah, um, two and Tokyo Drift was that three or something? Yes, yes, and then they got the original cast back for number four, and that did fairly well, and then it was really picking up with number five. Five was kind of like the relaunch. Um, yeah. where everybody was just like, oh, it's so good again. Mm-hmm. So. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, if you're a viewer and you share Andrea's passion for <laughs> Fast and the Furious franchise, yeah. let me know. Yeah, let me know. I mean, maybe you watched the trailer and you were like, I'm in love with everything. Yay for John Cena joining the cast. Yay for Helen Mirren joining the cast, which I am actually yay for. She might be the only redeeming quality in this movie, but is Charlie Theron in the other ones? Uh, she's in the previous one, and it looks like she's in this briefly again as well. So yeah. now, so now these kind of feel a little bit like just vehicles for very random yeah. cameos. <laughs> How many celebrities can we just like pack in here? You know, when I was watching it, some random stuff to do. <laughs> I one scene just stood on like, okay, how tall of a box that they give Vin Diesel to stand on when he's oh. right next to John Cena. Yep. <laughs> no way those two are people of the same height. Agreed. So. All right. Um, you got another story here now that's um, not, well, kind of switching into gaming mode here now yeah. for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what's this all about? Yeah, Oculus Uh, is going to have a little gaming showcase next Wednesday, April 21st. Uh, If there are any VR gaming fans out there, um, they're working on developing several new games and several currently existing games um, for VR. So they're going to do like a cute little preview of of the work that they've been doing and and, uh, let us know a little bit more about some of the releases that are going on there. So I, I have never done any VR gaming, but I really want to, I want to check it out. I want to try it because it, it looks what about, fun. What about VR? Like no VR experiences though. Um, I've had like, like one, like they used to do some of like the VR stuff at mall of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done like some of those, but I've never done like a game and I really, yeah. I think it would be fun. So this, yeah. just, this just got me excited for it because there's just like some brand new stuff and and games I'd actually be interested in playing like uh, the latest Star Wars game. So I was just like, oh, I'd be I'd be interested in doing that. Yeah, I'll try to watch it to see what um, what's coming down the pipeline and hope mm-hmm. that it all comes to something other than Oculus. <laughs> like I've, I'm so upset that and, and this is what I can see when when people get upset when one company absorbs another one, mm-hmm. if they hate the parent company, you know, right. and I get it because I hate Facebook and, um, they own Oculus. So yep, they do I'm not, I'm not going there, but 
so far there's lots of games sometimes they come out for oculus and then they eventually move to other other platforms as well right so um i am um, the thing about oculus is they have their quest headsets that are really quite nice because they're mm -hmm. all in one wireless headsets and then if you need to play something that's more demanding you can um you can plug them into your computer yet too right so it's a nice setup um yeah well you have to try our vr sometime yes uh, i would love to do that it's it's outdated at this point but uh <laughs> still it still is fun for the right experiences for and, sure um, yeah we've thought a couple times about getting a, a higher end one for the computer so we could play half-life but we just don't have as much room when where the computer is and stuff as the living room and um and all honestly like the playstation has gotten some pretty good exclusives sure so um we've been pretty happy with that but yeah um yeah, there's a Mist game coming. They're redoing or redoing Mist, I think, for Oculus. So I'm yes, hoping that they comes to other things later. Um, and is there a different Star Wars game you're talking about, or is it the Vader Immortal stuff yet? Um, no, I think it's a different one. Let's see. Because I have a friend that's playing the Vader one on his Oculus and loves it a lot. He plays it with his son. Thinks it's. Uh, a blast and I I might get that on PlayStation when it goes on sale sometime. Let's see. But I guess it's a good kind of a good workout at times. Lightsaber battling, throwing grenades and all that kind of thing. And I'm then of just, course I'm just looking this up. Let's sure. see. And then, of course, Apple's rumored to have their own AR, VR headset, some sort of combo thing mm -hmm. coming before too long. So we might have uh, another expensive contender there. So we've got Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Mm, okay, I've heard of that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, April 21st. See how Yes, goes. indeed. One week from now. They said they've got a few surprises yet in store. Um, so I don't really know. I don't really know what that means. That could mean anything, but we'll yeah, see. For sure. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk about Apple Arcade a little bit. We haven't talked about that in quite some time. Yeah. And I haven't been seeing much about it in the press or anything like that. But I'm always very interested in the topic of like the gaming space breakdown, like market share and everything. Mm -hmm. um, because like I get stuck in my bubble of, you know, gaming, having the systems, playing stuff on PC, mm -hmm. all this stuff. And um, it, half of the market, half the gaming market is is in the mobile space. Mm -hmm, and yeah. um, the other, I think it was last week, Apple kind of did a new big PR push and they said they now have 180 plus games available on Apple Arcade. Mm -hmm. um, some of the headlining ones, including um, Fantasian um, from the creator of Final Fantasy, 
Yep. And it has the composer um, Nobu Uematsu um, from the Final Fantasy series as well. So, like, big names, big talent. Right. Um, they've redone Oregon Trail. So excited uh, about that. Into that yet? Absolutely, um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I started it and was like, I actually am bored by this. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Stop it. But, you know, maybe in, I don't That's know. That's classic childhood right there. I know. You don't want to shoot and not be able to carry 200 pounds of bison. Mm-hmm. Or but Florida you know River and, and have somebody drown or, or die of dysentery on the other side. But it's because we were in school and it was better than the alternative. True. Oh, you we had, we had very limited options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So. Did you, do you want to play Math Munchers or do you want to play Oregon Trail? Math Munchers? Do you not remember know. this? Well, it's Math like, Blasters. I know of that one. Oh, I know Math Blasters, but we also had Math Munchers, which was like a little frog that ate okay. tadpoles and you had to, you know, eat the, eat the right ones to add up to whatever. But yeah. Number Munchers. Number munchers. That yes. was it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> we math Let's make munchers. Math Munchers right now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just made a new game. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then... Um, World of Demons is a new one by Platinum Games. Mm -hmm. and Platinum Games, they're big, big time. You know, they've um, made Astral Chain and Bayonetta and stuff. Um, and that's got a very um, Japanese woodblock print kind of style. Looks like oh, the old Okami game. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then there's also a series of Apple Arcade Plus versions of games. Sure. So, I was talking to some friends, Alan, Alan included in there and stuff, and we're talking about mobile gaming a little bit. And I'm just kind of always a defender of this space a little bit because it gets a bad rap from the way it started out. You mm -hmm. know, when things got started, and when honestly, when you see Super Bowl commercials or something, it's for like um, Clash of Clans or something like that. Oh, it's yeah. It's just a, a means to steal your money, you know? Right. Like that's well, and it, it's, in, it's like the same three games. Like I cannot tell you how many times I feel like I've seen that particular game advertised yep. or, or the, the world building one. Um, God, it's like, you, yeah, yeah. The one where they like build throughout the ages or whatever. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. like the caveman and then they go and they're right. suddenly in the, yeah, it's, it's like the same games. Like show me something different. I mean, and there are games that I never think about. I mm -hmm. never see other than those commercials, but they're huge. They make tons of money. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big deal, but it gives for gamers, it gives mobile gaming a bad rap because yes. look, a lot of what keeps the market afloat there is this kind of junk. Um, and if you like those games, it's fine, but they are definitely money sucks. You know, mm -hmm. they just like money vortexes. That's what they're designed to be. Absolutely. And, I think that the efforts like Apple Arcade and um, are, you know, the idea here is these games don't have microtransactions. Mm -hmm. They're not full of ads. You pay your one, your one lump sum, and you get a whole bunch of games that are quality. And um, and uh, I think that I think this is only good because it's good, potentially gets some people that the only device they have for gaming is their phone. 
Right. And if they try something on there and they see there's something else a little more they might be interested in, that's the thing that makes them like, you know, now hook up a controller and play something more serious or they get a Nintendo Switch or maybe they subscribe to Game Pass or they do something else that gets them into the world of gaming. Right. And I mean, I hope that's happening. I don't have, you know, data behind that or anything like that. But um, yeah, I just think that there's a growing real positive impressive selection of real games i get this from my friend tony all the time mocking the mobile it's like dude there are a lot of good games on there if you mm -hmm. you know and um i don't know i don't i don't want to play on a phone i want to play on my big tv you know but right if that's what you got that's what you got so that's right if your phone is uh, all you've got, maybe, you know, it's it's the Oregon Trail of games. It's the best option you've got at the time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, it's, yeah, it's the it's the one thing that's ubiquitous. You know, there's yeah. a lot of gamers out there that don't consider themselves gamers because they just play some stuff on their phone. Like, and that's mm -hmm. that's fine. And those that's an, an important market. And if we can make the games that those people play better. Right. And that's the that's transition. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, Apple arcade, I thought about not having it before, but we, with our bundle, it's just like, it's just, it's, it's, we're literally paying nothing to have it. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, Nintendo had their indie world, yes. an indie world event today. Mm -hmm. Um, and not a lot that looked great for me, um, but a couple things up on the screen now is from Chris Tales, and I thought the art was really cool. It's kind mm -hmm. of reminiscent of a Kill the Kill, and um, yeah, they had a new trailer for the new Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Yes. That was the highlight for me. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, they did have, at the end, they revealed Oxenfree 2, which I've not played. I do have, but I haven't played it, and people love it. So okay, um, I know people will be excited for that. I have not heard of that. What is that? Um, it's a it's a very narrative-driven game. It's like side-scroller kind of thing that you chat with some other people in the game and I think there's a mystery to solve in there or whatever, but it's very story driven. There's not a lot of okay. gameplay per se, as far as I know. Um, but they're a talented group of people. They did a, a game um, about like trying to get out of hell. It's like after party. We got that for uh, terrible months to try okay. as cool and stylish. So, um, Alan says there is an ARG element to it. I'm not real gamer enough to know what ARG is. Um, augmented reality game. That's what I would make up for that. <laughs> um, alternate, alternate reality. Oh, you were so close. I know. I was going to say, I would have bought it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. Um... So there's a story that maybe altered by players' ideas are. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. okay. Sure. So there's a little bit of yeah, multiple endings potentially. In yeah, the choose your own yeah. adventure almost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very cool. So yeah, and then a game that I don't think I will play, but it was seemed really interesting to me called The Longing, 
and you, mm-hmm. your goal is you have to wait for like someone to return or something for in 400 days time. And the 400 days is real time. Mm-hmm. So it just is that, uh, like you can't, you know, you'd have, I suppose you can just let the game sit, but they literally, it's like, how, how are you going to spend your time is what they introduce. And the, the hand-drawn art style or whatever is really cool looking for sure. So I don't know. It's a, it's a yeah. unique, different thing. Um, so I'll be interested. To, I think it's out now. I think that was one of the things they're like, oh, it's, it'll be out after the show or whatever. So I'll be interested to see what people think of it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's about it. Everybody's still waiting for um, Silk Song to get some details and never shows up. So <laughs> someday. Keep waiting. Yep. All right, that's the gaming stuff, the news out of the way. We're going to get spoilery now with an anime, anime yes. show for purists um, called Promised Neverland. Mm-hmm. Um, we had seen season one last year, I believe it was, and absolutely loved it. Yes. And now season two is out, and we have watched that. So, yeah, spoilers for season two of promise neverland yeah what'd you think oh boy uh there's (laughs) this season was a lot um and unfortunately i think this is going to be my part of the uh, the episode where where your words from before are going to apply john uh season two um i did not like um on the whole if i had if i had to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I would have to okay. give it a thumbs down. Um, there were elements that I liked. There were, there were pieces okay. that had potential, but I think overall, you know, if you're talking in terms of, of a singular season, it didn't deliver for me. And, and especially if you're comparing to season one, but even without doing that, even without, you know, comparing to the, the excellence of the first season, I think season two really fell down and it really fell down in the last two episodes that just, you know, had almost no real storytelling to them. They, they just moved so quickly season, uh, season two, episode 11, the finale, which uh, has been confirmed is the series finale as well as the season finale uh, was basically a glorified slideshow. I mean, like the entire second half of that episode was just flashing through pictures and like a random voiceover narration being like, and then these million trillion things happened. You know, there, there was no, there was no, um, natural evolution, I think, to the storyline. And there was no like natural conclusion. It was very like shoehorned in very quick just let me give you like a brief overview of all these things that magically worked out oh and here's like a final happy ending shot yay for us and curtain yeah and i i just was so highly disappointed because i know the season took a while to ramp up but then these middle episodes got really good and i was really excited for all these kind of like philosophical questions that we were exploring and these, you know, kind of very like existential questions of, you know, 
I mean, you know, human existence and how far were you willing to go to protect your right to exist? And, you know, um, how, how do you see people who are different from you, who are also, you know, kind of fighting for their own right to exist? Um, it, it was just getting really interesting. And then suddenly they were just like, oh, we're, we're done. So. Yeah. I wonder if that's, I want to go back to the manga now. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's probably what I'll do because yeah, very early on in season two, we saw it deviate from the manga quickly. Yes. And um, so I wonder, I could, because you're right, it had it started slowish, um, but at what you would maybe expect for a pace, and then it introduced interesting ideas, and then it's like it's like the people making this show were told they had to work on something else. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you need to have something. Uh, and there's like, okay, well, and then they just summarized it for someone quick. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then so they just like squeeze that into three episodes or something. Yeah. Um, well, because... and, an, and an interesting note, just to, to briefly interject, uh, episodes 10 and 11, the final two episodes have no credited writer for yes, either episode. Strange. Which I think says a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just would like to know what's going, what went on there because clearly, you know, in that slideshow and different stuff, there's a lot that um, we could see. Like Ashley kept holding out hope, like maybe they're just kind of going over this stuff, you know, and then we're gonna come it back in another season and see the see it in detail, you know. Mm -hmm. But then when it like very wrapped up at the end, you're like, okay, yeah. well, it's it's done. Yeah, I I'm not sure what happened, but like you, I would be interested to know because I mean, the manga was so good. The first season of the anime was so good. Like everybody was talking about it. Everybody was so, you know, invested in in the excellence of the first season and looking forward to the second season. And this really could have been something. You know, this really could have been a great show, um, you know, that they could just continue to build on and grow into, you know, like a a, a show with a real following or, you know, grow into a bigger show, a, a multi-season show. And yep. it's like they just quit. They, they were just like too nervous about living up to expectations. So they were like, you know, it almost felt like they were deliberately screwing things up so that they wouldn't have to you know, try too hard. It just, I don't know. It's cool. like, it, it felt like almost deliberately tanked. It was very yeah. disappointing to me. I, I have to, I have to imagine there's something else behind the scenes that, sure. that was restricted this way. Like sometimes we get that where like it, you get an anime where you don't even know if you're going to get another season. So then it just ends and you don't get another, you know, you don't get another season for some right. reason. Um, but besides pacing and stuff, I also had some issues with with the content of the story, too. Yeah. Um, one inconsistency I saw was early on, one of the demons, uh, here he's in the picture right now, uh, mm -hmm. that's with Mujika here, he um, reveals to her that he's excited to be able to hunt humans yes. wild again. Yes. Like he's all about, it's not about totally. not eating humans it's that it's it's wrong that we lock them up 
you know, it's wrong that we just, farm them. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, we, no, you should, uh, you know, work for it and you, you know, enjoy the hunt, you know, mm-hmm. like a yeah. predator or something. Well, yeah. then that seemed to completely go away. Yes. Never talked again. So that was an ominous thing that wasn't there uh, later. Yep. And then um, I think they wasted an opportunity with Norman to like just mm-hmm. basically bring him back in the fold again, because mm-hmm. with the way that he he pushed and acted um, when they were gone, it was like we're just gonna do this and get it out of the way, and you know, so because that, that's a dramatic moment, they're gone. Absolutely, it, it, the explosion they can see it from a distance. That's a betrayal, like a real one, and for them to come back and for Emma to be, I understand she's the like bleeding heart, always optimistic and understanding one kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's i think it was a it was a it was too far i think we wasted the opportunity to see the fall of norman and for him to like be redeemed and come back so quickly i think was a waste It, it would be way more interesting that basically you had um the kids and ray and emma with um with mujica and her friend knowing that he still kind of wants to hunt humans mm-hmm. and but they're going to work together to to get rid of the the shackles that they're being held down by where they're right. restricted access to food right um whilst they have humans that they're against too so th- the main group is against both norman and the enhanced kids that he's with yeah and the powers that be that want to kill the people with the bad blood or evil blood or whatever oh yeah, yeah the, the blood where like demons don't have to eat humans yeah 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 it would have been very it would be very chaotic very interesting you, you know it'd yes. be a lot of uh a lot of tension there and instead mm-hmm. they come back he's holding the knife over the kid and like oh you, we're not gonna let you shoulder this anymore yeah like by yourself like what where, where are you getting this this guy just yeah. shanked you in the back he's like He's understandably because him and his friends have been tortured, are ready right. to kill them all. You right. know, but you having a little more perspective yet on this now, it can see that they're not all inherently bad. You know, right? Like, um, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I completely like agree with you. Uh, I agree. It was a total cop out. It was, yeah. Norman, Norman gave up on this whole like revenge plan way too quickly because i i i got everything that led up to that moment obviously you know like you said norman and and his newer friends were experimented on they're looking for revenge they're they're looking to you know never be that vulnerable again and this drives them to try and wipe out all the demons um obviously emma hasn't had that experience she's only you know I mean, she's she's obviously met terrible demons, but she's also met nice ones. So she's like, right. oh, we can't, you know, they're they're individuals. We can't just wipe them all out. Um, and you know, there's, there's another solution over here. So I get that conflict and I get that tension. But you're right; it just the whole that whole storyline folded way too quickly. Like Norman yeah. was was suddenly like, you're right. I'm just a scared little boy, and I and I really want you to, you know, just be with me. That's all I really want. And you were like. No, that's not, (laughs) you know, and even if that was, even if Norman changed his mind to, you know, be reunited with his friends, his, his group that he had built up and this group of other survivors of this facility would not also 
have these emotional connections to Emma and Ray and say like, oh, okay, we're just going to follow your lead yeah. too. They'd, they'd still be in this other mindset of revenge. So yep. their, their turn felt even more unbelievable. Yep. Um, but then, but then it also felt unbelievable um, in this same episode, the, the demons that, you know, Norman attacks, but ultimately can't kill also say, you know, like, oh, we feel pity for you. And, you know, I know you just tried to attack me and kill me and kill my granddaughter, but, you know, we're just going to suddenly work with you to, yeah. you know, create mm -hmm. peace and harmony. And you were just like, boy, that's convenient that you apparently attacked the only understanding demons, mm -hmm. you know, in this entire world that are They're just used like, to eating you. Right. Just For, forget our ago. past differences. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to work together and build an, a new, you know, peaceful empire. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where there was a real like like deft hand and maturity to the first season. Mm -hmm. I think that it it lost it lost a lot of that here. Um yes. for like yes. some sort of naive youthful optimism kind of thing. Very yes, it felt very simplistic. Mm -hmm. It felt it felt very like it just written by somebody who does not have a lot of life experience and just assumes that everything works out. You know, you're kind of like in these series of fortunate moments where, you know, oh, we came back in time to stop, you know, Norman from killing the only demons who would understand and who are now going to work with us. Oh, you know, now we went back to, you know, Grace Field House and we met up with, you know, the person who's the gatekeeper and found the gate and, you know, um, our, our former captor, Isabella, you know, the mom of Gracefield House has suddenly decided to be on our side now. Yeah. You know, it was just it was just like a, ser a series of fortunate moments that yep. everything worked out. And that's that's just not, you know, the way that most of us experience life is not a series mm -hmm. of fortunate moments. So and I get that. I get Emma being the optimistic one. Yeah, for sure. Then you get you get slapped down once in a while mm -hmm. with a bit of truth, you know, and right, you're like, okay, right. you know, you got to wake up a little to this here. Like you want to have you, the important thing is you never let that, that hope in humanity and in, in the goodness of the individual die. Right. But you do need to temper that with reality. Mm -hmm. And it's it, we, whether you have the head of, the human element there experimenting on the kids and stuff that mm -hmm. she just goes and offers her hand to and stuff. And of course he kills himself instead, but it's like, firstly, that feels completely wasted. We get a really, we get a flashback of his story, mm -hmm. whereas that's clearly something that could have been explored throughout the season. We could right. have known this person. We could have seen the interactions he had with Norman. We could have understand him to this point already as opposed mm -hmm. to like all of a sudden at the last minute there. And then again, Emma, do you realize what this guy has done to you? I understand right. that, you know, the constraints of the system, but he's a large factor in continuing to enforce that system. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with, with their mother. Like, yes. I mean, I understand that from the little kids more, but that would be a role then that the bigger kids would be like, no, this woman <laughs> right. was ready, you know, and and that right. still can be a thing. Like you get come with us, you get to go, you know, start new or something, but you are not our mom. Right. You are not our protector. 
because you did anything but, you know, kind of thing. And they could have played with that, having different perspectives on it. But again, it was all just like, oh, happy, you know, whatever kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Everything, everything just worked out too perfectly. Emma was always able to convince everybody to see her side and do, you know, like the, this optimistic, hopeful thing. And then they were always mm-hmm. rewarded with that optimistic, hopeful thing working out when, when yep. in reality, that's just, that's just not the case. Yep. You know, e- even you if you, had... if, even if you win victories, you don't win them every time. Yep. They should have had some real losses with some of the kids. Yes. Like that needs to be a reality. You don't get to save everyone. Right. Like, you're going to try. That's your goal. That's important. You don't right. give up, but you, you don't, it doesn't work that you get to save everyone. Right. Or, yeah. Or, you know, like maybe make Vincent's, you know, faux betrayal a real one, you know, like he was a total plant and he just like went along with everything. And, you know, um, you know, maybe, maybe you make some interest to that where, you know, not everybody falls in line and these new kids aren't, you know, just ready to suddenly forgive demons for experimenting on them, you know, um, or, or say maybe they don't get a cure, you know, for, for the ailments that they, they have from being experimented on, you know, like everything yep. always just worked out. Oh, and... we just have the plans. Oh, Minerva left us yes. the plans to get the cure. That's perfect. I can make that, you know, like. That's really great. Yeah. Or like, here's, here's our gate to the human world. You know, it's back at Grace Fieldhouse where we know, you know, the layout and we can just magically get there. You know, that would have been know. a traumatic thing to know that that Norman couldn't save himself mm-hmm. and it would it would give lend itself to the to the reality of how he could be in this vengeful space. Yes. And that he's not ready to like give that up and he's going to take that to in his last moments. He can maybe see his, you know, like regret Right. That he and, and Emma and stuff that they couldn't just be together. They could have just right. left and things be happy. But right. it didn't work that way and they saw the world in a different way. Or maybe he admitted that he was like blinded by his fear of of death, his untimely demise, you know. Yeah, because that was that was I felt one of the few bright moments of the show, you know, when we learned um, you know, not only was Norman's um desire for revenge just for the experimentation, but it was because he was now dying because of it and there was no cure and, and his, his admission that, you know, I just want to live and I, you know, I don't understand why it's so unfair and I just want to, you know, be with you guys and, and go back. And, you know, that was like a really emotional moment of the show, but then it didn't have any payoff because two minutes later we learned, Oh, he can live. It's going to be great. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be fine. So, you know, that really, that really dark, but intense and, and meaningful moment for the show was completely undermined. And that's kind of how I felt about this season. Like every meaningful moment we had was eventually undermined by this very rosy, extremely happy, perfect ending. And then why would, if, if I was in this situation, firstly, I don't know that I would go to the human world and I certainly wouldn't send all the kids there with the mothers 
having no idea what they're going to find. I'm like, it could be complete post-apocalyptic wasteland. You have no <laughs> idea what's over there. They could might just the Hunger send Games you right over back. there. Yeah. <laughs> I figured they'd send them back. It'd be like, um, you're, this was not part of the deal. You're going to break this treaty we have and mm. things are going to get bad. Like get mm -hmm. back over there. You yeah. Know? They don't know. Yeah. The people of the human world don't know that like, you know, all that's been going on. They don't know that the gatekeeper has been murdered, mm. you know, and uh, it's just all breaking down on the other side. Yep. So I, yeah, I mean, how fortunate you come to the other side and it's just like, oh, it's modern day. It's nice, whatever. Right. Welcome. <laughs> it's great over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because it would have been, you know, it's it's the heroic thing, and that really would have been something worth seeing too. Is then how they overturn the way that um, they live together right. on the, the world that they're in, you know, right. and how um, they continue to spread the the cure, um, and then how they can see that that still doesn't solve everything. Mm -hmm. People still fight. People fight amongst themselves. There's still like just because now they don't have to eat humans doesn't mean they don't want to eat humans. Right. All yeah. kinds of all kinds of realistic drama that could take place in the midst of this like reshaping the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So they needed another they needed another couple seasons and like really flesh things out. Yeah, they really did, and uh, I'm I'm not sure why this opportunity was just absolutely squandered, um, and we're we're just getting this total cutoff with season two. But that's that's unfortunately the reality of what we got. You know, speaking of things not always working out, uh, this did not work out, and um, I'm really sad about it because the first season was so excellent, and I just really felt like this overarching story had a lot of promise and the second season didn't deliver. Yeah. They, they frankly could have, I mean, I would recommend anyone basically, and I want to see what the manga is like again yet, but I would yeah, recommend sure. basically anyone watch season one and just be done there. Yeah. Because, just don't watch season two. <laughs> yeah. There's a benefit to the, the hopeful unknown that you end with season one, you know, like, the 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 goal is achieved in a way mm -hmm. knowing there's greater struggles ahead right and unknown ones but um your mind can play with that as it will then mm -hmm. as opposed to you know i i, I like I, i'm i'm perfectly okay with that it'd be one of those things where people would always be like you know when are we going to get to know what happens next when are we going to have the you know whatever but it doesn't have to it doesn't have to ever come so yeah, unfortunately, in this case, knowing is not better. You know, mm -hmm. I I would have rather wondered about what could have been than watched this season and known what is and been disappointed by it. <sighs> okay. Well, I mean, I didn't, uh, I hadn't, Ashton, I hadn't talked about it a whole lot. So, like, mm -hmm. a lot of it came to me now or whatever, but yeah. Um, it's, it's too bad. We'll we'll see what the manga does. Yes, I know. I know. I've read a few things online that says you know, of course, the manga has its own issues too. But, um, you know, the the anime just cuts out so much 
and skips over and condenses that it's just, it's almost laughable. You know, it's, it's not, almost not recognizable what they've done to the storyline, which I mean, in the, in the last couple of episodes is completely true. Yeah. So got it. Got to imagine at least the manga's better. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. That's promise. Neverland season two for mm-hmm. y'all. Yes. Um, Shifting gears to another spoiler-filled topic, and that is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, we're covering episode three mm-hmm. this week. Um, and then we'll probably, what we were talking to doing, uh, four and five next week, and then a finale kind of wrap up the following week. So, yeah. Um, hope you're watching along with us. Um, episode three. What'd you think? Episode three. Uh, I really thought episode three improved over last week's episode two. I was very pleased. Um, I felt like the pacing was a lot better. We were finally getting into, you know, some more intriguing storylines. The chemistry between our lead characters, Bucky and Sam felt better, felt more natural. Um, and I felt like I felt like the show was finally getting into some purpose. You know, I know I know it's been set up in episodes one and two that, you know, we gotta find out who the flag smashers are, what their goals are, what they're doing with the super soldier serum. Um, but this episode really felt like, okay, we actually have to do something about that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bucky Bucky and Sam finally felt like okay, we got to go like actually and do the groundwork and do the investigation and, and start somewhere and get some names. Um, so I really, I enjoyed this episode a lot more than I enjoyed episode two because I just felt like we were finally getting somewhere, you know, we'd, we'd already gotten our main characters together and now they were, they were there. We, We had some purpose. We had some things for them to do. Um, and I felt like the actors were more comfortable in this episode, you know, having more things to do sure so yeah yeah i enjoy this I episode would, a lot i i would agree i think that um i it, it had issues but definitely the best one thus far mm-hmm. yes um pacing was a lot nicer and more natural um, I a felt lot more like, even, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt like there, like you say, there was a purpose to where things were going and how it happened. Um, I, um, like skipping over. Oh, I remarked, it's like Temple of Doom. When, <laughs> uh, he had to eat a bit of snake there. That was yeah. nice. <laughs> that was the most um, ridiculous shot ever. Who who mm-hmm. orders that? <laughs> I thought that he really was pushing his luck. Sam was when uh, it was on the phone call. Oh, God, there's yeah. definitely moments where he should have hung up. Yep. You know, and it would yeah. have been fine. Like I was like, oh, this is working. Now just like say you're gonna kill the bank and hang up. Yep. Yeah. So Sam uh, is terrible at role playing. Sam is awful at acting. It's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, from start to finish, you know. Um, you know, we're kind of jumping in the middle of the episode, but you know, he and he and Bucky and and uh, Zemo go to Madripoor, and he's got to play this role of this, you know, this smiling tiger, which you know I commented, bad names abound. 
like first we have the flag smashers and you know like these terrible names for groups and now we have a terrible name for you know the smiling tiger apparently this this criminal that goes around madripoor um but you know from the second he walks on there and and people are are you know telling him to do things he just like smiles and nods and acts so uncomfortable that i'm just not sure how anybody would ever buy you know that he's this other guy cuz sure. he's just terrible yeah. he's terrible he could never be like an undercover <laughs> operative yeah you know he just does what everybody tells him to do or like I mean, you know, when they when they give him that shot and say it's the smiling tiger's favorite and he just like uncomfortably is hesitates. like, yeah. yeah. And then and then he like just goes, yes, it is my favorite, you know, cheers. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. You know, I mean, the bartender might as well be screaming to the entire bar that this is a test, uh, you yeah. know, of who you are and are you going to do it? And, and he just like, I don't know. I mean. He does it, but he's so uncomfortable the whole time. I just don't know how that bartender it's, wouldn't be like, uh, nope. <laughs> it's still one of those things where in a lighthearted thing, that's fun and funny. Yes. Because obviously to us, they're really discomfortable, you know, or they're really uncomfortable and they're really odd about it. But yes. in the comedy setting, it blends in <laughs> for the cast and stuff, or for the characters. Yeah, you could see but his terrible, when, like, serious facial expression in this yeah. photo. I love it. <laughs> yeah. When the show around favorite. it is more serious, then it it's harder. For, you know, you have to take that yeah. still, like, you know, we know that tongue-in-cheek thing, even though it doesn't really feel like it, maybe that belongs. But right, I was. It's, yeah, it's hard because it's so high stakes, and it just feels yeah. like you can't mess up like that. You know, in in real life. Mm -hmm. um you know and have and have that work out whereas like you said in in like a lighter hearted show you know we could we could be like ah tongue in cheek like he's so uncomfortable like look at him yep. you know but in this very serious high stakes environment it feels like he's just messing this up right now yep. how are they not onto him <laughs> <laughs> i think that uh like ultimately if i have to sum it up i have to say that it's like was much it was much nicer it was much better looking especially from episode two like i liked some shots mm -hmm. in episode one but there were some nice ones in this in this again um i liked some of the action yeah um i think my biggest issue is do you think they would have broken out zemo do you think that would be a thing that they would do well they didn't do it um, Bucky sort of unilaterally well, okay, sure, yes. <laughs> decided. Okay, would would Bucky have done that? Um, it's it's hard to say because, but I feel like out of the two, Bucky's mindset has been very hard for me to grasp. Um, in this show so far, you know, he seems pretty unstable. Um, despite, you know, going to therapy and apparently making some progress there and, mm -hmm. you know, having his list of names and fixing things that he wants to, or fi making amends with people that he has wronged as the winter soldier, his mind is just so all over the place that part of me says yes, because I don't know how far he's willing to go to, you know, f fix 
what he thinks he destroyed or or people he thinks he's sure. wronged. So part of me says yes, but part of me is like, would he really have thought all of that out by himself and been able to orchestrate all of this, you know, very coordinated prison break, you know, I don't know. Well, this is the guy that's ruined his life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the guy right, that's tormented exactly. him. This is the guy that essentially, like, you know, stole all autonomy and like mentally raped him, well, or whatever. Yeah. Like, this is the this is the the demon for him. Right. And so your answer when there's some other superpower people running around isn't to like call the Avengers. You know, it's not to like get help, go up the ladder, whatever. It's right. I'm gonna break out the guy that like. Has put me in the position in life where I need the therapy forever, where mm -hmm. I'm on court orders, where I've killed people, and I'm going through lists now of the people that I have hurt or damaged or destroyed. Right. You know, like, so now I'm going to partner with them. Right. I just think that that's like, it's, it's kind of, it's like something to do in anime mm -hmm. more often than, than they should, where, you start out with someone that's a villain. It's like Dragon Ball Z. Okay, spoiler for Dragon Ball Z and stuff. Uh, or And Dragon Ball. Spoiler for sure. Dragon Ball. Piccolo is a bad guy. Goku fights Piccolo. They are enemies. Later, Piccolo is like number one friend, trusted confidant. He takes care of his Goku's son. Mm -hmm. Vegeta, Prince Vegeta, uh, enemy of Goku. They fight like trying to fight to the death, trying to kill each other, ultimate enemies. Later, you know, I guess it kind of makes sense how it goes, but uh, Vegeta's not such a bad guy. I mean, like, <laughs> sure, he needlessly killed people whenever he felt like it before, but I guess he's not a bad guy now, and they can be friends. Sure. Um, well, it feels to me like they're doing that thing, too. Like yeah. You know? Yep. This guy, yeah. like, and with a sense of humor and the different stuff, like it's one of those things where kind of, yeah, you're kind of liking him in the group or whatever, but he's a terrible person, right? I right. mean, I don't know what he has all done in the past, but just the idea of what he's done alone with the Winter Soldier, right? So I don't know. I just feel like to me, we don't need to go into the seedy underbelly of the criminal whatever, you know, to to fight to make this work when we could just call the Avengers. And I know that's an issue in superhero things sometimes. Yeah. Like, why do you have to deal with yourself? Why can't you? You have other people you can go to and then you don't but am i on am i right here is no this fair yeah i think this is totally fair because the the show kind of glosses over a lot of that i feel like zemo is a really great foil to these two characters and when he's first introduced like right after the prison break he's got this like great you know like banter back and forth with our two main characters you know, he he kind of brings out their witty banter with each other and it all works and it all gels, but it only works if you think of him as like criminal light. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if he was exactly. if he had done something that was just a tad less egregious and a tad less terrible, especially against <laughs> Bucky, like it, it would work because it's like, oh, no, he's a criminal, but we need him like, uh, you know, we're having this whole like three stooges, you know, or like we're we're emphasizing the buddy cop humor and it works. But then when you stop and think, like you said, this guy is the reason for Bucky's nightmares. He's the reason he needs a list at all. 
you know, of people that, you know, he needs to make amends to, it doesn't work because he, you can't be that lighthearted about him. So it's, it's really tough because I, I noted that I think he's a better foil for Bucky and Sam than the new cap is. You know, it's it's almost yep. like they've sort of reverse positions. Like Zemo is is oh he was bad, but you know we're redeeming him through this like humorous interaction, and he's helping us. And Cap is like so is well not slowly I should say he's very rapidly going downhill. Okay. Um, and so you can't really play off of him. There's no comedy there because he's getting he's like pursuing justice to the point of obsession, and he's getting so full of himself that he's just not fun anymore. Yep. So. Yeah, so like story element wise, this all works. But like I said, when you stop and think about people's actual characters, it's pretty terrible. Yep. Like I just don't know that that Zemo fil fills this role in that way. So I'm looking it up. I'm looking up the character a little bit here. Uh, sure. In yeah. the MCU, and you know, this thing is so former Colonel of the Scovian Armed Forces and Commander of of Echo Scorpion. So understandably. You know, this is after Battle of Sokovia, uh, Zemo became a terrorist mastermind who sought revenge against the Avengers after losing mm -hmm. his family and became a episode of destroying them. So mm -hmm. making sense because of all the chaos and everything that he would see as the Avengers yeah. being responsible for. So that's sure. where he might, might be against superpowered people and stuff, sure. seeing all the damage they can cause. But when you gloss over it, I don't know if the movies have addressed this, became the terrorist mastermind. Mm -hmm. well, what did those terrorists things include right exactly you know, what exactly was that you know did he uh like bomb all sorts of places how many how many people has he killed or is this just terrorist in the sense that he's been labeled that um but he's really right. just you know like what's the severity level here yeah yeah uh, you know he yeah, pitted the avengers against each other things. yeah <laughs> you know so um and let's see, framing Winter Soldier for killing T'Challa, right. which caused Captain America to defend Bucky from the world. That caused the Civil War. Right. Um, yeah, he's got some ripple effects there, which are quite major, obviously, for not only the Avengers, but you know, for the for the larger world or for larger mm -hmm. countries. Um, which is, of course, then now why this episode ends on this great, you know, cliffhanger where one of the Dora Milaje um, is now here and she's here for Zemo. And what are they going to do about that? Um, but, yeah, it's just it's it's tough to see where this character is going and see how how they're sort of treating it so lightheartedly now. Yep. So. I'm. I might have to eat some of my words here because, um, because most of Bucky's problems resorted directly from Hydra. Um, let's see. So when does? Okay. Um. <laughs> Okay, so however, they eventually learned that Zemo framed Barn Buggy and yep. uh, deactivated his brainwashing. Yeah. So, so it's really, it's really less than I had remembered. 
because all the major sins and crimes had had been committed had committed largely were due to the brainwashing from Hydra. Well, then this guy Zemo got the code or whatever, you know. Right. To, to but deactivate that control. But that's that's pretty terrible in and of It's still itself. bad, yes. And it and it also obviously like you said, um he caused like this this framing of Bucky which caused, you know, civil war with the Avengers and that's pretty terrible unfortunately. Which, but if you see the Avengers as a threat to the world. Oh, of like course. We don't want yeah. these nuclear weapons running around, you know, yeah, with the, yeah. this autonomy, then we want, like, right. they're gone. Look, they destroyed my entire nation. What are they going to, whose nation are they going to destroy next, you know? Right. And I, I would they understand. Each other out. I would understand that mindset. I'm just like thinking of potential in terms of you know, not even like the Avengers destroying each other, but it, when you, whenever you have superheroes fighting superheroes, there are casualties, you know, and if you're going to deliberately provoke superheroes to fight against one another, they don't just like fight against one another in a vacuum. You know, they don't, they don't like leave earth and they're just like, sorry, we'll just like, you know, take our disputes elsewhere. It's like, no, there's always casualties. There's always damage. Um, and so provoking superheroes to fight one another is is never going to be, you know, um, casualty free. Well, it's, ne right. it's never going to be like perfect where they just like, oh, great. They're just going to destroy each other and leave everybody else. Thanks. And there are casualties in war. So yeah. you make that calculation. Well, people right, are going to die either way. So do we want to do hopefully take out half of mm -hmm. these guys? in the process of that or right you know but it's what? it's very it's very machiavellian thinking like the end justifies the means like mm -hmm. are we okay with you know sacrifice if you know a couple of avengers take each other out you mm -hmm. know which which i think this to kind of bring it back to this episode this episode explores a little bit with on the converse side with the flag smashers where yeah. You know, they're having that meeting and and uh, Carly is like, you guys are responsible for all this pain and destruction and you're withholding supplies from people who need it. And then she like blows these people up and her, yep. you know, lieutenant is like, whoa, there were people in there. We killed them. Yep. And she's like, that's that's the only way to make these people understand, you know, so so this very Machiavellian way of thinking is kind of explored on both sides. Um, which I found very compelling in the episode, for sure. Mm -hmm. I will see what they do yet with that group, with the Flag Smashers, and if that's mm -hmm. explored anymore. Yeah. Because um, if it's left at just that, like it's it's not enough. Because yeah, it could be it could be interesting to see mm -hmm. what what happens there. But I mean, I like obviously the you know trying to humanize. Um, it worked better in here than in mm -hmm. the other one. Have that guy just yeah. awkwardly run and get shot down. Yes. <laughs> God. Yeah, I'm glad they they don't have anything like that anymore. <laughs> no, this uh, this episode did a lot better in in you know, like you say, humanizing the flag smashers between their personal interactions between um, their leader Carly's you know tender moments with her mother and talking about their founder and how she should have been alive to see, you know, their work that they were doing today. So 
yeah, a little, a little bit more meaningful on the human interest side. Oh, and we did have that moment too, where Bucky's like, you know, if you don't take it back, like I will like, you know, cause Sam's like, maybe I should have just destroyed it, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Which, like, which I, I did have to laugh at a little bit. Cause I was like, um, you're, you're really feeling like you can destroy vibranium. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, I don't know what how? you're doing. It, it, how? It's in space, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. It was kind of, it was kind of like a weird moment where I was just like, well, that's sort of an empty threat because how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Interesting human interest moments, you know, both through the Flag Smashers and through Bucky and Sam, you know, kind of kind of talking again about Steve Rogers and and his belief in both of them um, for very different reasons and and why this is problematic that they're not they're not believing in themselves if they don't. They're they're not able to believe in themselves if they're not able to commit to how Steve Rogers, you know felt about them yep but then you know zemo zemo brings up a great point when he says you know when we put these superheroes on pedestals and we make them icons and we make them symbols like this you know we forget that they're human and we forget that they're flawed and and we put too much trust in them and we put too much you know um yeah. too much emphasis in their beliefs and not enough in ourselves and and maybe that's that's kind of what Bucky and Sam need to hear that, you know, even if, even if they don't live up to Steve Rogers, they can still live up to their expectations of themselves. Cause he's at the end of the day, he was just a man. Yeah. I mean, and that's why like Superman and Captain America, you know, with their original conception works so well in the comic books because it is a cartoon figure and it can be like, uh, a deity you know it can mm-hmm. be a thing that is right. uh, beyond fail that can stand for whatever and it, yeah it's isn't you know infallible but mm-hmm. when you're gonna try to ground it and make it like real then yeah you realize that's based on you know that is just a person and yep. people aren't infallible and so yeah it's not it is on an un, um, untenable expectation to have that one person is going to represent whatever thing, you know, mm-hmm. represent America, represent an entire nation or whatever. And that's what it's right. going to be. And it's going to manage to uphold those ideals or something. Right. Um, it's, it's not a realistic thing. And so I think that, you know, that's why Captain America to me then, identifies or like the identity of Captain America is, is Rogers is Steve Rogers. Mm -hmm. So you move on from that because Captain America isn't just some face behind a shield, you know, it's, it is him. And to me, like in the DC world, we were playing our game the other day. It's like you have Superman, but then you also have star girl. And there's like these different people that you can still, if you want them to represent the flag or something like that, they still can, but they're different people. They're different right. heroes. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm still very interested with the, how they're going to, I mean, I think I know how they're going to end it, but I'm still interested to see <laughs> how they get there, I guess. So, 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, the journey is uh, taking a little bit more of an interesting turn with episode three. So I'm I'm glad to see you know this this ship is sort of writing itself um, because I I was pretty down on episode two. Yep. Well, yeah. Three episodes left. Yeah. Yeah. Just three. Going quick. Going real quick. <laughs> Um, any final thoughts on, uh... um, I do, I feel like we have to, we just have to mention this because we haven't said it before. Um, you know, Sharon Carter comes up in this episode. Mm. Um, so that's, that's kind of pretty, I mean, it's very significant. Um, cause she of course helps Bucky and Sam and Zemo, um, move forward in their, in their quest to, you know, track down, um, you know, the super soldier serum and who has it and who it's being used on and whatnot. Um, and of course, you know, we, we get in this episode that she's, she's hiding out in Madripoor. She's become a player on the scene. Um, very vague at first. Um, but she somehow comes up with, with all the answers that these guys need to, you know, move forward with their plan. And then, at, at towards the end of the episode gets in a car and says, Oh boy, you know, we have problems, which mm-hmm. again, feels like some foreshadowing of, yeah. you know, the, the title of the episode, which is the power broker. Yeah. And, you know, how, how is, how is no one in the show and, and how is no one in the audience, I guess, talking about, you know, she's maybe the power broker. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, um, I was thinking watching it, I was like, well, she should be in the Black Widow program because yeah, the way she's she got some superpowers that. herself or something there. Holy yeah. buckets. The way she took out the uh, the approaching gang here uh, yep. was pretty impressive. Um, so there's some cool scenes there for mm-hmm. sure. I, um, um, oh, I liked, yeah. Alan has the picture of the scientists up here. I liked the way that stuff went down. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. It was well done. Had some cool music in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I laughed at that. Um, Sam says, oh, I'll, I'll clear your name. I know. <laughs> like, so you, last episode you couldn't get a bank loan and now you're going to, you're going to get immunity. You're going to yep. get a pardon yep. for this person. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I did enjoy Sharon's reaction of like, sure, that's gonna happen. Um, I mean, she she you know ends up going along with it. I think very cynically as as a, you know, ah, this can't hurt me. I guess if he wants mm-hmm. to try. Uh, but yeah, I I agree with you. Like, yeah, how is how is the guy who can't even you know help his sister keep a house and a boat gonna you know get immunity? Um, you know, and, and a pardon for, you know, a wanted criminal. Um, but he does make the point of, you know, the very humorous point of, you know, Bucky was pardoned for all of his crimes, which were certainly more numerous than Sharon's. So, you know, how hard could it be in the end? (laughs) And I did, I did quite enjoy his uh, nickname for Bucky, the bionic staring machine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty great. So yep. It was nice to see some of that kind of humor come through. Yep. So, 
Yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how much uh, how much of a role Sharon Carter now that she's been introduced in this third episode, how much she plays in the rest of you know the episodes of this yep. show. Um, what's what's this thing you have in there? Who does a stupid shot like that? Oh, it's like the literal actual shot, like at the bar. Oh, taking the drink. Okay, yeah. 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 I mean, who's yeah. who decides that this is their favorite shot? You know? Like this snake uh, belly it'd be shot. More convincing thing. If that wasn't like only a insane person would want that shot. Yeah. So if he accepts it and like, ha, what a fool. Yeah, that's right. no one has that. That's gross. Um Right. I kept expecting for off. Yeah, expecting I kept expecting for the bartender to be like, uh, that's not his favorite shot. Like yeah. you know, who who orders like, you know, this ridiculous thing and actually takes it, you yeah. know. So I was just kind of waiting for that moment. But nope. Was totally fine. Totally worked out. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, we covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Um all the video game news, Promised Neverland Season 2, Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 3. Yes. Holy cow. Um, that was Episode 55 of Popcast on the Rocks here on Twitch, but you mm-hmm. can listen and follow and like and share in many other places. Um, YouTube, we're on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. all that sort of a thing. Make sure you like and share uh, in just direct podcast form. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, Anchor. Um, leave us a review there. Let us know we're doing well or or poorly. Um, thank you to Killing the Flower for our theme song. You can find them on Spotify, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, so... Go ahead and do that. I played a little bit with Lucas333 today again. That's Lucas with a K here on Twitch. Um, played a little Fortnite. Um, if it works out, probably be doing that again on Friday, um, Friday afternoon. Um, there is, they're releasing uh, an Aloy skin and pack for Fortnite. That's from like one of my favorite video games, Horizon Zero Dawn. So it's like character from that. Okay. And it's going to have the new skin and stuff in Fortnite. So I will be certainly paying whatever price <laughs> it is for that and, and playing, playing that way. So. Excellent. But um, yeah. Anything else? Anything promote or something like that or. No, not, not right now. You know, just, uh, yeah, follow us, like us on all the socials, give us feedback, let us know what you think of the episode, what you think of our opinions, what we're right and wrong about. I'm always up for a healthy debate, so bring it. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us, and um, thank you, as always, Andrea. Absolutely. Cheers, everybody.